It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-service, family-run flooring company. I am Dan Lavallo. He is meteorologist Brad Field, and we are putting this podcast together on Thursday, May 6th. And Brad, this, this weather is interesting. It seems as if, in Connecticut anyway, we are stuck in a pattern where it rains, then the weather clears for a couple of days, but the temperatures are cool, and then it's back to a rainy pattern. So let's begin by me asking you, what in the world is going on here? Well, Dan, uh, good observation, and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, this pattern is going to continue. Uh, It looks to me as though we have a few bouts with rain, uh, maybe a couple of scattered showers around on Saturday. That's not a big deal, but it looks like a stormy, rainy Monday coming up. Uh, And the other observation, Dan, in addition to the fact that it's raining quite often, the temperatures are cool, as you state. And uh, as I look forward over the next uh, seven to 10 days, I do not see one day where the temperature will come up to what's normal. The normal high temperature for May 6th is 69 And uh, over the next week, I don't even think we're going to be close to that, Dan. So you nailed it with the rainy pattern. You nailed it with the cool temperatures. And with these frequent storms, have you noticed the amount of wind? It it just seems like, you know, as as a baseball coach, um, we're out on the field every day and the field is wide open, uh, kind of up on a, a knoll as well. And it just seems every day we're at the field, it is windy. And it's causing my outfielders havoc <laughs> <laughs> trying to catch these fly balls in the wind. We had a uh, we had a, a player for the other team hit a fly ball to center field that my right fielder ended up catching because the ball just kept drifting, 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 and then the right fielder caught it. But the, the winds have been fierce. And what's at play here? What's causing this, the atmospheric conditions, to keep us in this persistent pattern? Well, Dan, uh, the, the jet is always the, uh, the driving influence. And, you know, we, we talk about the fact that the, uh, the, the, the days are getting longer in length. Uh, we, we're uh, getting sunrise now at around 5.39 in the morning, and the sun is not setting until about 7.55 in the evening. So these days are lengthening, and with the solar radiation, the ground is heating up more readily, but the upper levels of the atmosphere are still cold, Dan. Um, I was looking at something that uh, we as meteorologists call thickness, uh, which is how thick the atmosphere is from from a certain level with certain parameters to the ground surface. And we are looking at a thickness pattern just to the north of Connecticut that still would support snow. So the the bizarre thing about that, Dan, is that even though the ground surfaces are warming, the upper levels of the atmosphere are still really cold. So... We've got that at play, and that instability, the difference in temperature between a warm ground and a cold upper atmosphere, 
can cause severe weather. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking about that in more detail as well. But right now, Dan, what's at play is the uh, winter hanging on in the upper levels of the atmosphere. So if we were able to, uh, you know, take a helicopter straight up a mile up, two miles up or whatever, and take various readings of the, the wind, of the temperature, of the dew point at these various levels in the atmosphere, you would see it is really cold as we go up through the atmosphere. So if we go a mile or two or five miles up into the atmosphere and it's really cold, but yet the ground warms because of the sunshine and the solar angle, the steepening solar angle this time of year, that gives rise to what we call an unstable atmosphere. The temperature is supposed to drop maybe uh, 3.7 degrees Fahrenheit for every 1,000 feet you go up through the atmosphere. But say we are uh, losing temperature at the rate of 6 degrees every 1,000 feet we go up through the atmosphere. That is an incredibly unstable atmosphere where it is cooling much quicker as you go up through the atmosphere than what is quote unquote normal. So if you have this instability in the atmosphere, you can fire up massive thunderstorms that can grow 10 miles in the vertical, Dan. Uh, I mean, we're talking that the cotton ball cumulus clouds that we all love to see can build into a towering cumulonimbus cloud this time of year and give us a, a tremendous thunderstorm. And then as the uh, atmosphere, as I'm telling you, is still extremely cold above us as we go up a mile, two miles, three miles from the ground, that gives rise to the potential for big hailstorms coming out of these thunderstorms. So uh, it, it is the season. We talked about it. I like to highlight May and June as the months where we can get uh, the, the, you know, we talked about it last podcast, Dan, the uh, Windsor Locks uh, tornado that occurred in October of 1979. So, I mean, you can get tornadoes and you can get severe weather in other months but they are most noted in May and June for the various reasons. The cold upper atmosphere left over from winter takes a long time to warm. That's one thing. The retreating jet, which uh, in the winter obviously is way to our south, but then as we head into the spring, it, it, it kind of goes through us. And by us, I mean New England as its mean location. I mean, it's always changing. It never stays in one place. But then in the summer, for the most part, the jet is way to the north of us. So it's this time where the jet is in proximity to New England, and we are getting the unstable atmosphere caused by the heating ground and the cold upper atmosphere. This is the time frame, May and June, where we can get the severe weather most prevalently here in New England. 
I want to talk a bit about Action Carpet and Floor Covering, one of our underwriters for the Bradfield Weather Podcast. It's that time of year when perhaps you're looking at remodeling your home and you want new floors or maybe new tile in the bathroom. The place to go is Action Carpet and Floor Covering in Simsbury, founded in 1993 by Kevin Blake. Action Carpet and Floor Covering serves both residential and commercial customers. They offer brand name floor covering products in vinyl, laminate, hardwood, carpet, area rugs and tile, plus backsplash. Yes, it is time to think about remodeling the home for spring. And that's where Action Carpet and Floor Covering comes in. By the way, free estimates on all installations from Action Carpet and Floor Covering. Free quotes are offered for insurance estimates high pressure or hot water extraction, stripping and waxing of floors, upholstery cleaning, restoration, area rug cleaning, and much, much more. Action Carpet and Floor Covering wants their customers to be beyond satisfied. They want to be considered their customers' one and only floor covering company. Call Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury today at 860-651-8406. 860-651-8406 or go online at action-carpet.com action-carpet.com Action Carpet and Floor Covering a full service flooring company. Brad, let's uh, pick up on that point then as far as the severe weather is concerned and why we should know the difference between watches and warnings which seem to be more prevalent this time of year. Correct, Dan. Watch is uh, simply what it states. Uh, Keep your eye on things. Watch. The atmosphere is ripe with potential for a thunderstorm to form. That would be a thunderstorm watch. Now, there are thunderstorms, and then there are severe thunderstorms. A severe thunderstorm watch goes into effect when the Storm Prediction Center and the National Weather Service determine that the atmosphere is ripe for the criterions of severe weather to be reached. For example, the criterion for a severe thunderstorm is twofold. Wind in excess of 58 miles per hour. Now, that's just not arbitrary that someone came up with 58 miles per hour. Let's make that a severe thunderstorm. Uh, If you look at the Beaufort scale of uh, wind force, uh, things that you would observe on land and on sea, you observe when the wind is 58 miles per hour or higher, trees can become uprooted. Not only dead trees, but healthy trees. So you can have downed trees, obviously downed power lines, when you achieve this wind speed of 58 miles per hour or greater. Another criterion for a severe thunderstorm, Dan, is hail. When hail accrues to one inch thickness, one inch distance across, uh, That is a criterion for a severe thunderstorm if you have hail of that size. 
Now, if you have a wind of 40 miles per hour and you have pea-sized hail, that is not a severe thunderstorm. Um, I think in past years, uh, everybody's guilty of doing this, I think, Dan. Uh, the National Weather Service, uh, the television meteorologists and so forth, of over-predicting severe weather. In other words, whenever the sky goes... <laughs> That does not mean it's a severe thunderstorm. It means there's a thunderstorm going by, but it has to achieve the criterion of the 58 mile per hour wind or greater or or and or the one inch hail in diameter or greater to achieve the status of a severe thunderstorm. So you asked about a watch. A watch means the atmospheric conditions are ripe for this criterion to be achieved. And this time of year, we look at severe thunderstorms, watches and warnings. We look at tornadoes, watches and warnings. We look at flash floods, watches and warnings. The watch on any of them just simply means that the weather conditions are such that this could occur. Keep your eye on the situation. Keep your eye on the western sky. Keep your eye on Doppler radar. Keep your ear or eye on your favorite uh, broadcast, whether it's on the radio or on the television or whatever. That means just keep an eye on it. Watch. Now, a warning means that the warned-on uh, warned entity is actually occurring. Whether it's a thunderstorm, if it's a severe thunderstorm warning, that means a severe thunderstorm is happening. It is occurring somewhere. Now, it may not be occurring at your house. Uh, Dan, you live in Torrington. Uh, there can be a severe thunderstorm ongoing in Litchfield where they're having trees down and wires down and the roads are flooding out and so forth. And all you see, all you observe at your house, Dan, is a black cloud going by off to the south. So the, the thunderstorms are more of a micro uh, climate than a mesoclimate. And what I mean by that is when we're predicting snow for the state of Connecticut, the snow usually comes in bodily. It comes in. Uh, in Fairfield County, Southwest spreads Northeast, and the whole state is getting snow. So all 169 cities and towns in Connecticut are getting snow. A thunderstorm, though, is much more limited in, in its actual uh, aerial coverage. And as I state, Litchfield could get it where the roads are washing out and so forth. And all that you see in Torrington is a black cloud go by. So the, the warning means a severe thunderstorm is happening. It means a flash flood is happening. It means a tornado is happening. Now, I will point this out. I don't want to uh, uh, stress it too much, but uh, the state of Connecticut, Dan, is kind of the, uh, the dregs of National Weather Service forecast offices. And what I mean by that is uh, we are sort of the leftover. 
the the National Weather Service in New York will have jurisdiction over the four southern Connecticut counties. Off to our northwest, the National Weather Service in Albany, New York, will have the jurisdiction of Litchfield County. The north, central, and northeast counties, in other words, Hartford, Tolland, and Wyndham, are under the jurisdiction of the Boston National Weather Service office. So you see what I mean? Little Connecticut is under the jurisdiction of three different National Weather Service offices, and the following can happen, and I've observed this happening. Litchfield County can have a severe thunderstorm, and it can be in progress, and winds can be over 58 miles per hour, and trees and power lines can come down. That very storm can grow and get bigger and stronger and come into Hartford County, and National Weather Service Boston is letting it go. They they don't they 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 think it's maybe not meeting the criterion or whatever. So what I'm saying to you is you've got all these different meteorologists and all these different sets of eyes, and instead of the Litchfield storm being predicted by Brad Field, say, as it comes across the whole state of Connecticut, if you go with the National Weather Service, you've got the National Weather Service in Albany handing off, as the storm goes over Litchfield County into Hartford County, handing off to the Boston office. And then if the storm sinks to the southeast as it's moving to the east and goes, say, into northern New London County, then all of a sudden Boston is handing off to the New York office it's got all different meteorologists looking at all different things. So sometimes things can get very messed up in the state of Connecticut. I've seen times, Dan, where I think the most snow of all is going to occur up up at your house, up in Litchfield County. Right. And I've seen winter storm warnings up for all of southern Connecticut, all of northern Connecticut, except – for Litchfield County, and that's where I think it's going to get the most snow. And why is that? Well, the forecaster uh, in Albany thinks that the storm may stay a little farther south than the forecasters in the Boston office or the forecasters in the New York office. I've seen times where the New York office has put like a winter storm warning in effect for southern Connecticut, uh, the four southern counties, in the southern half of those counties, but not in the northern half. And then in northern Connecticut, the Boston and Albany offices put up a winter storm warning. So there's like a racing stripe through the middle of the state, northern parts of the southern counties, where there's no watcher warning up. So it can get really messed up because we have these three different National Weather Service offices all taking care of the state of Connecticut. Well, and in, in all honesty, Dan, we are the leftovers. I mean, if, if a storm is bearing down on the Bronx or Manhattan, guess what? The little storm in Ledyard, Connecticut, isn't getting much uh, time when the National Weather Service folks in uh, New York are looking at the, the what's coming into the Bronx and Manhattan. So uh, it's it's that kind of deal. Uh, when when uh, storms are coming through the 128 loop and heading into the city of Boston, uh, I don't think the, the National Weather Service focus is necessarily on killingly Connecticut. 
if you get what I'm saying. So we're sort of the leftovers of all the different offices. So it, it can make for um, it, it can make for a, a tricky forecast. Now, to that end, because we're in that situation uh, on the calendar, talking May, June, the weather and what can happen, watches, warnings, etc., we have some links at bradfieldweather.com I know that you'd like to talk about. Uh, yeah, Dan, you put it on last year and um, very successfully, a, a link with the Storm Prediction Center. Now, it will not only tell you when severe weather is threatening, but when regular thunderstorms are coming, they don't have to be severe. So they'll break it down into four hour windows and you can see, uh, you know, what the probability of a thunderstorm is. Say you're planning to go golfing uh, this afternoon at four o'clock. You can look and see, oh, well, then, you know, the National Weather Service or the uh, Storm Prediction Center is predicting a 40% chance of thunderstorms in my area. So you can you can get that information. And as we head through the severe weather season, this information is vital. So you've linked it up, Dan, that all you do is go to bradfieldweather.com and it's your one-stop shopping. You get on that Storm uh, Prediction Center link and it takes you right there. Uh, also, uh, after the thunderstorms have rolled through, uh, you've linked us up with United Illuminating. Uh, you've linked us up with Eversource that you can go there and get the latest power information. Uh, so say you don't have power at your house, you can see how many of your neighbors are sharing in that predicament of no power. And then you can see uh, our power outages massive throughout the state, or are they just localized to my town and so forth. So uh, those links are on bradfieldweather.com. And there's one other link, Dan, that um, I've been playing with and I like very, very much. And uh, we'll be putting it up on Bradfield Weather very soon. Um, it's called iWeatherNet. So it's just the, the letter I, weathernet.com. And uh, it's a futuristic radar that is interactive. So in other words, what I'm telling you is if a storm is coming from the west, you can observe that storm tracking across Pennsylvania and tracking across New York as it heads to Connecticut. Um, once the storm is in Connecticut, you can zoom in on Connecticut and see where they put the heavy cell. You're off to future radar and say, hey, look at this. All the rain has gone by by four o'clock. And from four o'clock to, to eight o'clock when I'm out there golfing, it's going to be fine. So this is that futuristic radar that we're going to put up on bradfieldweather.com. I've been playing with it on the side for a while now. Uh, and it's uh, it's very user friendly. Um, I am no technological guru, so when I can do it, uh, I think most people will be able to do it quite nicely. Storms don't always come the same way. Storms come up the coast, so you can track a storm coming up from, say, North Carolina, moving into Virginia, moving into Delaware, into New Jersey. So you know, in the in the uh, uh, late summer and autumn when we're tracking hurricanes, this eye weather net thing, you can you can watch a storm off Florida and see it's coming straight up the coast. Uh, so this is going to be a, a, a very nice addition 
uh, to bradfieldweather.com, where, of course, I do the daily forecast every day. Um, you know, uh, John and, and his guys at WAPJ uh, Radio in Torrington uh, lift, lifted off bradfieldweather.com every day to give you my forecast. Uh, Dan and my podcast is on there. Uh, you've got all these different links. Um, once we get a little deep, it's kind of nice. And sort of we decide, um, you know, it doesn't make any sense to have the winter weather outlook up there anymore now that we're heading into the summer. So the, the now these more summery threats, uh, the, the storm prediction center and the thunderstorms, for example, as we get deeper into the summer, the summer, the national hurricane center, for example. Okay, so uh, Brad, that said then about uh, the various links and uh, this very exciting radar, we're not going to do a a crystal ball segment this week. Uh, We'll get to on the weather map in just a moment. But I have several people asking me, can they look forward to a Bradfield summer forecast like we do the Bradfield winter forecast? Um, sure. I've never, uh, I've never thought of doing that, but I would be happy to. Uh, I have no thoughts on it yet because I have not looked at the uh, upcoming summer month stand, but I would be happy to do that this week. And on our podcast next week, uh, we can give a, a stab at the summer outlook. And, uh, you know, maybe hand in hand with the uh, National Hurricane Center predictions for what might be coming up in terms of uh, the quantity and the strength of this upcoming hurricane season as well. You know, because it, it seems hard to believe, but here we are again, we're putting this podcast together on May 6th, and, well, we're, we're halfway through spring, so summer's really not that far away. Nope. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, we've said it before, and I'll say it again. It is amazing how quickly time goes by. Uh, the, the, the years and the months are are just flying by right now. Um, and it's part and parcel of getting older. Things start going in full speed. <laughs> you got that right. Except well, to me, I'm in, I'm in slower speed. But. <laughs> I know it's somehow the juxtaposition just isn't there, but uh, that said, what is going on on the weather map? Well, uh, I, you know, I said, Dan, um, the normals for Thursday, May 6th are 69 for the high and 46 for the low. And that's just uh, an average going back to 1905 of, of what the temperature uh, rose to on uh, you know any given May 6th. But uh, just to kind of show you what I'm talking about, so that's uh, you know near 70 it should be over the next week, I looked at the uh, European computer model high temperatures and these are them. <laughs> For the next week, Uh, today, 60, Friday, 62, Saturday, 49, Sunday, 60, Monday, 53, Tuesday, 57, Wednesday, 60, next Thursday, a week from today, 61. So you see, Dan, we are not even close to being normal. And uh, this is going to take us well into uh, mid-May uh, because, let's see, a, a week a week hence would be May 13th. So, you know, we're in mid-May there with temperatures considerably below normal for the month. Uh, and I am uh, still looking at this uh, jet 
retreating north, but in the vicinity of New England right now with frequent storms. So uh, on the weather map today, this by far is the best day of the week. We've got uh, high pressure over Michigan, uh, ridging down into Virginia, uh, should yield mostly sunny skies today. Now for tomorrow, we've got a couple of things going on. We're going to see high pressure centered up near Quebec province. So uh, up uh, up along the uh, the the uh, river up there, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, what is that? Not the St. Lawrence River. St. Lawrence River, yes. Uh, it, it will be sort of like right over the St. Lawrence River Valley, uh, Dan, the high-pressure ridge, with a little bit of a low-pressure system coming out of the area around Pittsburgh. Now, by Friday evening, we're going to see a low-pressure moving off the mid-Atlantic and high-pressure still over Wisconsin. So tomorrow is kind of a squeeze play. Um, I'll call it a mix of clouds and sun. I think the I think the uh, storm going out through the mid-Atlantic is far enough to our south that we're not really going to have to deal with any showers tomorrow. But Saturday looks showery and cool. We'll have a low near Messina, New York, um, combined with that low off the mid-Atlantic, which will now be up near Nova Scotia. So it's going to be a chilly day with a northerly wind, uh, temperatures only in the 50s at best, and uh, scattered shower activity as that storm uh, scoots along the uh, New York-Canada border and moves on out. Now, by Sunday, Mother's Day, I think it's going to be a pretty nice day for uh, all the moms. But uh, we're going to be watching on Sunday a low-pressure system coming out of Kansas and Missouri. That is on an east-northeast heading, Dan, such that by Monday morning, say about 8 in the morning, that storm will be located near New York City. So as the storm approaches, Sunday night, I think it's going to rain. And Monday morning into Monday midday, I think it's going to continue to rain. And we could have a goodly supply of rain. And I said it depends on your viewpoint, whether or not you're happy with this or not happy with this. Uh, the bottom line, though, is we do not want to have a drought situation like we had last summer. So these bouts with periodic rain, in my estimation, are very good. Uh, you know, keep the lawns and gardens all hydrated, keep the water table up so that uh, folks that have well water, for example, don't have to start worrying about that again uh, as we head into the summer months. So that's happening Monday. Then I think a nice big high is going to reside over the Great Lakes region uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, once we get past this Monday rain, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week look really nice, but again, cool for the time of year. Uh, temperatures mainly between, say, 58 and 64, when they should be between, say, 68 and 74. So about 10 degrees cooler than what's average. Now, are there any discrepancies between the computer models, or are they pretty much the same? No, uh, they're they're pretty much in a unison on this Monday uh, storm, Dan. Uh, I looked at um, I looked at the NAM, a North American model, uh, the uh, GFS, the Global Forecast uh, System, and the European model, and uh, they're all in unison about this system coming through on um, 
Sunday night and Monday. What they're not in agreement, though, is with the Saturday system. Some of the models are indicating that there will be a little bit of nuisance rainfall on Saturday. And then some of the other modeling indicates that uh, nothing's happening on Saturday at all, uh, except kind of cloudy and cool. So in terms of making your plans for this weekend, sort of hold on Saturday, uh, you know, keep going to bradfieldweather.com and I will update the text portion so you'll be able to see my latest thinking on uh, Saturday uh, coming up for tomorrow. But in any case, uh, the Mother's Day uh, prediction on Sunday, I'm, I'm quite certain about is going to be a nice day. Okay, well, that said, before we put a wrap on the podcast, what does our forecast look like? And again, we're putting this together on Thursday, May 6th. Dan, it looks like it'll be a mainly sunny and breezy afternoon, temperature between 58 and 64. Overnight tonight, uh, we'll call it partly cloudy, temperature between 38 and 44. Coming up for Friday, mixed clouds and a little bit of sun. Temperature 60 to 65. Uh, I am taking the pessimistic route on Saturday and saying there'll be a few scattered light showers around. Temperatures cool, only 55 to 60. Sunday looks nice. Happy Mother's Day to uh, all it applies to. Mainly sunny, 60 to 65. Monday looks rainy, Dan. Uh, Sunday night into Monday, mostly in the morning on Monday, maybe uh, starting to taper off in the afternoon, 55 to 60. And then some really nice weather. Tuesday, mostly sunny and breezy, 58 to 64. Wednesday, sunny, 58 to 64. And Thursday, mostly sunny, 58 to 64. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, like you said, happy Mother's Day to all our moms who are tuned into the podcast and uh, also to uh, Sandy. And uh, again, to you and Sandy and your family, have a have a great weekend and to our audience as well. And as always, a big thank you to our first responders who are on the front line. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. And uh, all my best to you and Susan and uh, to all of the moms in our podcast audience. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Brad. The Bradfield Weather Podcast has been underwritten by Action Carpet and Floor Covering of Simsbury, a full-service, family-run flooring company.